Hi, I'm Conrad, and these are the Chronicles of Curious Characters. We feature a new character in each episode and their unique story. We explore their backgrounds and their passions. We focus on the melting pot of Luxembourg, but every now and then we will have guests from other countries. We'll be talking to locals and expats about what they love to do, what they're enthusiastic about in life, and what makes Luxembourg such a special place for them. Welcome to another episode of The Chronicles of Curious Characters. This episode is quite special for at least two reasons. And in no particular order, probably the least important reason will be the first, uh, because this is the 10th episode of the podcast, which for me personally is quite important. It is like a milestone. Many podcasts, when they start They don't make, I think, past fifth or or sixth episode for whatever reasons. There can be many reasons. Uh, For this episode, we made it to the 10th. Hopefully, there will be many more. So that's the first reason. And the second reason is that we have a very special guest on the episode. Uh, Before I introduce him, uh, I will just tell a few words why he's so special and explain the reason Um, we have a native Luxembourger joining us for a conversation today. For the listeners who are outside of Luxembourg and for whom this might sound surprising, is that if you live and work in Luxembourg, it's actually rare occasion where you meet a native Luxembourger. We will dive into that a bit deeper into our conversation, I guess. Uh, why is the reason? And maybe we'll talk about some statistics about Luxembourg, which I actually did a bit of research, <laughs> uh, just a bit. And you should see my guest expression. He was really surprised. I was, this is actually the first time for the episode that I did, uh, I did research for. But without further ado, let me introduce Chris. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much. I feel very honored that you consider me special. So just to briefly introduce me, my name is Chris, I'm 31 years old, and I'm uh, currently residing in Luxembourg. And as already have been mentioned, I am a native Luxembourger. I grew up here for most of the time and um, did study abroad, but now um, I find myself working here and living here. And I thought this uh, podcast was a great opportunity to have an exchange or a discourse and perhaps uh, give my own personal experiences um, as a person who is a native Luxembourgish person. And also I lived briefly in the city and uh, I came across of a very diverse uh, set of people from all kinds of nationalities. And I usually found myself always being the Luxembourgish person. There are exceptions, of course, but um, I was just very astonished at the phrase, oh, you're the first Luxembourger that I've ever met. That was something uh, that I've heard quite a lot. And so I, I, I want to discuss this a bit further, perhaps in this podcast, and uh, give some information about myself and my experiences as a whole. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. I'm really excited to, to have it with you. So maybe let's start, if you could tell us uh, where, which part of the country and which city you grew up and uh, maybe a bit more 
about how your childhood looked like? Of course. Um, well, I grew up initially in Dulange in the south. My family is from Dulange, but I've only passed a very few years there, so I have no real recognition as I was still uh, a newborn back there. And then I quickly moved with uh, my parents to Reistopf, which is not really a city, a small town uh, next to Dikirch on the German border. And that is where I probably spent most of my early childhood. I went to school there as well, primary school or elementary school. And afterwards, uh, I went to the Lycée in Estanach, which is not so far away. I always took the, the bus there. And afterwards, I uh, lived in Estanach as well because my parents got a divorce. So Estanach was not a complete changer for me. I actually quite enjoyed being even closer to the school and my friends. And so all these things that I've just mentioned means that I was uh, growing up in a very sort of rural town and it was very Luxembourgish focused. Most of my friends and other families were Luxembourgish people. So it wasn't all too diverse. And even the school, uh, the high school in Estanach is very uh, Luxembourgish based. Luxembourgish is really the common language that you hear all the time, which is very different from other schools when you go into the city. Uh, if you're uh, going to Lycée des Garçons or the Lycée Vauban, where other uh, languages are far more uh, yeah, relevant in that regard. So um, my upbringing was, I would consider it very modest uh, just uh, a normal uh, boy growing up, um, having uh, friends, going to school, uh, biking around and very basic things that uh, children do in that regard. Have you traveled abroad between now and you know, any time in the past? Have you lived abroad? I consider uh, myself lucky to have been traveling quite a bit personally, and I lived abroad for a brief period of time when I did my studies in Austria, in Innsbruck, where I uh, started studying psychology. So I lived there for about four uh, to five years. I think I cannot remember correctly, but um, I had extensive uh, experiences in Austria, which is not too exotic in a way, but still it is quite a change in your daily life when suddenly you're living in a completely different country with a different language, in this case German, and trying to grow up and find a new, find yourself a new place, a place to fit into in a new environment. For how long now you've been back to Luxembourg? Oh, um, I would say uh, I'm back from 2015 on. Okay, so already... Like eight years now. We have 2023, if I if I remember well. After the mm -hmm. COVID, like all the years are mixed, uh, especially the years after and during the COVID, at least for me. Like so it's for, blurry. Yes, it is. And the time flies way too fast. And I'm not sure if it's because of COVID or when you get older and older, time flies faster. You've been back to Luxembourg uh, for eight, eight years now and you lived abroad. You obviously speak German, Luxembourgish and English. Any other languages that you've been uh, exposed to and that you speak? So um, in this case, I like to mention that I'm feeling really grateful as a Luxembourgish person growing up here. We do learn English, French, German, Luxembourgish, of course. Um, depending on what school you go to, you can even learn uh, Spanish as well or other languages. And now I am very happy that I speak German, French, 
um, English, Luxembourgish, but um, I've also done a course in Italian. So I have a very basic fundamental understanding of Italian, mostly because um, I was uh, an, an Italian group that came to Luxembourg to work here and I got involved with them where I used to live in Vasabilic. And there I kind of started uh, learning a bit of Italian, speaking it. Um, and then I did a course to kind of um, improve my my knowledge uh, on the language quite a bit. So I am really, really grateful uh, for this to be able to speak so many uh, languages. And I think that's one of the biggest ad advantages that we have here in this country, that it's easy to be uh, exposed to other languages or um, cultures in that sense and to take just some elements of the language or tradition and to, to learn about them. Indeed, I, I'm always surprised in a very positive way. For example, when I take a bus and a group of young kids or teenagers hop on the bus and they can talk in so many different languages uh, and they communicate also between each other and they, they switch so fluently between, for example, French, Luxembourgish and English. Which for me, of course, I, you know, I was raised most of my childhood. I was raised in Poland. So only with one language. And for me, this is uh, extremely hard to switch between the languages. Of course, after the years, you know, I, I it was, I've been using English uh, on a daily basis at home. We use Polish. So in that respect, it's, it's much, uh, much easier for me, but it takes time to get used to the different, uh, different languages. Chris, you currently, uh, if I know, you, you work in Luxembourg, right? Would, would you like to share some more about where you work or what you do on a daily basis? Yes, of course. Um, as for many Luxembourgish uh, people, I do work for the government, which is a sort of a cliche at this point. But I do work for the government in the financial uh, sector um, since I've uh, been working at my particular post for... Uh, seven years now. I'm quite happy. And I'm also glad that at my work, I am exposed to a lot of different nationalities. Uh, so um, it's always very uh, interesting and diverse, be it uh, just exchanging with other colleagues or the work itself. As we know, Luxembourg is a pretty big financial uh, center, uh, especially uh, in regards to banks and investment funds and other services. So it's kind of the point where... Um, Everybody gets together. And at the beginning, you, you said the word, you used the word cliche. Mm. Why is that? Well, um, it goes back to also uh, the phrase of, oh, you're the first Luxembourgish per uh, person that I've met. And in this regard, everybody that I've met says that all the Luxembourgish uh, citizens or the native Luxembourgish people, they work for the government. And I would say that it's fairly uh, true, as I personally know a lot of Luxembourgish, native Luxembourgish people who work for the government. One would have to see in the statistics, but I'd say that it's still a pretty accurate cliche for for most parts, because there's usually some truth to it, even if, it, if there are exceptions, of course. Yeah, actually, I do have statistics from the uh, Statistical or Statistics Office of Luxembourg. And I believe the data comes from the census from the 2021. So already a couple of years ago, obviously it's, it's impossible to get the, the most recent data because it takes a bit of time uh, for the census, for the, sorry, for the statistical office to, to compile the data and, and publish them. 
but I think the, the data from 2021 can be quite representative. Uh, so for example, so before we, we continue, maybe we can paint a picture for our listeners from outside of Luxembourg, what Luxembourg is and, and why it is so diverse. So I will, I will attempt to do that. But you as a native Luxembourger, please stop me if I say something stupid. So Luxembourg is a small country with the same name of the capital, Luxembourg City, bordering to Germany, uh, France, and Belgium. And it's quite unique, like you, like Chris already mentioned, it's a quite unique country because it's, it's very international. And uh, there are, let's say, it's international from two perspectives. One is that, and this is according to the statistics that I have in front of me, over 47% of people living in Luxembourg are foreigners. And 50, almost 53% are actually, the residents of Luxembourg are actually the Luxembourgers. So it's almost a 50-50 numbering between foreigners and the Luxembourgers. But here, what's interesting is that the fact that those 50% are of Luxembourgish citizenship doesn't really mean that they were born in Luxembourg, because uh, there are quite a few people who have obtained Luxembourgish citizenship, either through uh, taking the um, language exam Mm -hmm. or through family. And actually, I'm looking at my notes here, that of those residents, only 50% of Luxembourgers are by birth. So the other 50% of of the residents or Luxembourgish citizens are not by birth. So this is already already also very interesting um, perspective that paints the idea of what Luxembourg is. So these, these are the, the residents, right? People living in Luxembourg. But in addition to the residents, we also have what we call the cross-border workers, which according to the statistics, there are around 200,000 people who are cross-borders. So that means for our international listeners, that means that these are people that live either in Germany, France, or Belgium, and they commute on a daily basis to work to Luxembourg and in the evening back to their country. Some people make fun that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there are, well, let's, let's put it in a polite way. There are very patient people because they are stuck in this huge traffic jams uh, every morning and every evening. Uh, because uh, when you see on, uh, for example, Google Maps, you look at the traffic information in the morning you see that all the highways from Belgium, Germany, and France are in red in the morning and in the evening. So these are people that are uh, also very important for Luxembourgish um, economy because they contribute to around 46% of the country's workforce. I think that paints a quite interesting picture. I don't know if, if there is anything from your perspective, Chris, that you would like to add. I think the statistics and numbers that you've mentioned are uh, very pertinent to this discussion. And with the very first point that you've made, that there are uh, 
about um, I think what was it the forty percent of foreigners that were yes. here around, uh, and all the other uh, personal Luxembourgish citizen. There is a, a point to make that it is always important to if we have this very unique situation that we do have a lot of non-Luxembourgish people in this country to still integrate them in a way. Um, that they can contribute in a meaningful way, not just coming here to work and just, just leave again. And also it is important, even if this is a bit political in a sense to, um, have these people also, um, leave these people a, a say, uh, in matters here. And that's also why one, our legislation on obtaining the Luxembourgish nationality is very, um, flexible. And it is perhaps one would say sometimes very easy to get the Luxembourgish nationality. I cannot really attest to that. There are a lot of ways to be integrated into the country as a Luxembourgish uh, citizen. But it is important to really take this into consideration that what Luxembourg wants to avoid is to have a minority of Luxembourgish people who decide on politics uh, due to voting and that all the other workforce that still comes here and uh, perhaps also lives here, that they are not part of this community because we can find ourselves in a situation where really a minority of Luxembourgish people uh, can decide on political matters and an entire group of people is simply left out. So we do really want to avoid to have a sort of two-group system in this country. So it is important that a lot of people that live here also get integrated which I think is a personally uh, an absolute right that they should have if they work here, they live here, they want to build up a life here. I think that's uh, a very uh, a right that everybody should uh, have in, at this point. I was just going to ask you about, because you mentioned voting, and indeed soon in a month, next month, we are going to have the local elections to the local municipalities. And I'm not sure about the history, but I think this is the, the first time when um, anyone living longer than one year in Luxembourg can actually vote in the municipal elections. For that, I might be wrong. I'm not sure uh, if that's, that's the case. I'm personally going to, with my wife, we are going to, to vote for the first time in Luxembourg because we personally, we, we've been here for, uh, let me do a quick count, seven years now. I think, uh, at least in my opinion, this is the, the first time I feel like at home. And I lived in a few other countries in the past in my life. Um, and I really enjoy in, you know, living in Luxembourg, uh, enjoy the nature. I enjoy the free transport or transportation, public transportation and many other, uh, benefits on, these days also the weather because today we have a very <laughs> nice weather which this year has been really uh, really unusual but we're not going to talk about the weather in this in this episode so if i understood well from your perspective you think that giving the right to vote for foreigners who live here is something natural it's do you do you mind that people who are not citizens of your country will be making certain decisions that will potentially impact, you know, country or municipalities. I think it's a it's a, a very uh, important but also difficult question to answer. And from my personal view on it is that a person who is working here in Luxembourg, um, established a life, contributed in a lot of ways, uh, be it at work or socially, and when they feel at home. They deserve uh, to 
to contribute to in order to shape up their environment and the country as well and the way that they uh, see fit. Now, of course, one has to put down a certain standard. What does it mean to be living in this country? How? What is the point where somebody is contributing enough in order to make also political decisions? Um, so that's always a very difficult question to to answer. And personally, I think I am not competent enough uh, to really um, give out a sort of opinion or a um, and solution to this, but I think it is important and first step to really make people that live here be feel included as well. As I think we haven't mentioned it yet, sometimes, at least from my personal experience, is that uh, Luxembourgish people do tend to be by themselves a bit more. And sometimes, especially if you live in Luxembourg City, uh, one can notice that there's a big difference between natives living among the self and all the expats uh, working uh, here. And I, I think this should not be the case. Ideally, my utopic vision for this country is that everybody should work and come together at the same place, exchange, and really benefit from this sort of cultural exchange that we all have. And I think Luxembourg as a country, because it is so small, is in a very unique position. And there's opportunity to really make this something more interesting and uh, really to integrate sort of expats and other foreigners into this environment and to shape something new and also perhaps uh, the idea of Europe which is really important for Luxembourg politically speaking is that we want to be a European country and I think I really want to personally see that we go down that step even more include more foreigners into our decisions because they do represent a large part of this country as well. If one would deny that, I think that would be really wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think in one, in, what, in your answer, you said that uh, Luxembourgish people are sometimes on their own. What do you mean by that? Is is do they do they feel secluded uh, in their own country? Yeah, that is a very important question, and I ask that myself a lot of times. Personally, I've been sometimes even alienated myself as a native Luxembourgish person. When I lived in the city, there were days that passed by where I didn't speak at uh, one time Luxembourgish. And one would think that in the capital city of their own country, Luxembourgish would be more relevant. And I think even when we look now um, at the government, the government enforces a lot of ways to keep the Luxembourgish language more official, to offer courses, I personally uh, talk a lot about languages because I personally like them a lot, but also they are an important key factor to keep sort of a Luxembourgish identity alive. And the identity of Luxembourg is usually a topic in and of itself that is very blurry. For some, for some regards, uh, the Luxembourgish identity as a artificial country full of banks. And I think that's very reductive uh, as a take. I think Luxembourg um, as an entity has a lot to offer. Personally, I find the, the country very beautiful, beautiful nature, lots of tradition as well. Perhaps we do not have the haute cuisine with other uh, countries, but uh, I think Luxembourg has a lot going for it. I agree in terms of, uh, you know, the, the diversity of different interests, personal interests that you can explore, uh, before, or actually when, when I was coming to Luxembourg back in 2016, 
I heard from people saying, oh, Luxembourg is a boring country and there is nothing to do. And okay, I I came here and then I started discovering there is an opera, plenty of museums, beautiful nature. Even if you don't feel like staying in Luxembourg, you just drive 40 minutes to Germany, uh, to France, to Belgium. Uh, there are plenty of things to do around here. There are spo- sports centers that you can go and subscribe and play badminton with groups. You know, if you go, for example, on an application called or a website, I think it's called meetup, meetup.com. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people organizing some type of meetups, you know, hiking, playing badminton, tennis, uh, volleyball outside. So there is, I think, a, a vibrant community that you know, you can you can engage with and, and find a hobby for yourself. You mentioned languages. And even though that you speak, you know, four languages, uh, uh, do accounting, so Italian, well, Italian, that came later, but German, Luxembourgish, French, and English. You said you, you, st- you still felt secluded when you were in the city center and there were days that you didn't speak speak your your mother tongue i think it's interesting because you know you're fluent in so many languages and still when you could not speak your mother tongue luxembourgish you still felt something Uh, you you were sad and i think that's very interesting despite that you you know you speak fluently other languages as well do you know why you had that feeling that's a very uh, interesting observation and first, I would like to mention that I do like speaking in other languages. So I think perhaps it's a fault of mine always switching to the language of the other person speaking. And I think that is perhaps applicable to a large percentage of uh, native Luxembourgish people here in this country. I'm used to it also at work, just in order to facilitate communication. We're just switching to language that is the most, um, that's the easiest for every party involved. Now, and that's also, I am always uh, delighted when I can speak in English or even Italian. So perhaps I don't want to impose my uh, the Luxembourgish language on everybody, even um, because communication can sometimes be difficult then. But the thing, the element really um, that made me perhaps sometimes sad, and it depends on the days, of course, but it's sometimes uh, you, you live in this country and... Um, I I don't speak too often Luxembourgish and suddenly you're wondering why is that the case? Why, even though this is the country, it's an official language of the country, why can I not speak with more people uh, in Luxembourgish? When I go in other countries, it's sort of um, expected that in France you speak French in most parts. So um, I think there's sometimes a sort of uh, alienation that is uh, going on for me personally which sometimes is hurtful in a in a way, but it also depends on what you make of it. And it, and it depends also on what kind of environment or uh, acquaintances you have. For instance, as I mentioned previously, I was um, involved with a, a group of Italians, which I consider my friends, and they were very, very in love with the idea of Luxembourg, so to say, and they enjoyed learning Luxembourgish. And then we, I, I taught them a bit and we, we had a lot of fun together. And those are really the moments where I, I really like this idea of, of the different languages, um, speaking them, exchanging. That's really where I feel the, the communication is authentic to some 
really authentic. Now, other days, perhaps it's just because of me, but I feel frustrated that I, I cannot express myself in my language because obviously, while I am perhaps fluent in other languages, I am not able to express myself in the same, to the same degree that I am in my mother tongue. And usually during a certain, I would say, personal businesses where I have to uh, make a statement or talk about myself, or even when you're taking, uh, going, for instance, to uh, psychotherapy or to a doctor and you have an issue and sometimes you're forced to talk in a different language and perhaps you're missing some parts that are important or you cannot express yourself in the way that you want to. And that causes really some frustration at, at some points. But I, I think this is now a very specific case, but that's the first one that pops to my mind. And do you sometimes when you, for example, speak on German, French or Luxembourgish, do you sometimes drop a word from a different language because it's easier or because you think the other person might un might understand? That's also a very interesting question. Um, I admit that I do mix up a lot of words from different languages. I usually just say the words that come easier to my mind. And if I know the other person will understand what I'm saying, then I'll just use them. But I think this can create some pretty quirky ways of speaking to a person. And as you mentioned earlier, even in a bus, there have been plenty of situations where I was in public transport or at work where three people in a, in a circle talk to each other about their daily life in three different languages and they switch on the fly or sometimes they say something in French because it's easier. Sometimes they say it in German or English. And I think this is so unique and, and really interesting and there, coming back to the frustration, I, I hope that we can see even more Luxembourgish incorporated in, in such an environment. Because that's, for example, we, uh, it's a story from my home between my wife and I, my, my wife is also Polish. None of us works in French and speaks French fluently. We both work in English. But sometimes I notice that obviously we sometimes in our conversation, when we talk in Polish, we use English word, but from time to time, we also use the French word because for some reason it's easier. <laughs> That's interesting. Even, you know, we, we don't speak French on a daily basis. And now actually we, we are learning Luxembourgish. We've been learning Luxembourgish for some time. I should not mention for how long because <laughs> that's, uh, that's a bit embarrassing. Uh, and we started learning the language for two reasons. One reason and this is, I will not hide it, is to try and pass the national language exam uh, because we want to apply for citizenship. The second reason was because we thought it would be so nice when you go out, do some shopping, or you go to the city center, to the mart, to the market, to, to buy stuff in the native language. And you mentioned that sometimes you... Uh, you switch to a language that uh, it's easier to communicate with the person. For example, if the person doesn't speak Luxembourgish fluently, then you we would switch to, to English, French, or, or, or German. In my case, believe it or not, I was practicing in my head for a few hours to tell you when you rang on the intercom downstairs, to tell you in Luxembourgish that we are on the third floor. And I chickened out and I said it in English. I think that maybe if Luxembourgish speakers, especially native speakers, would be a bit more 
forthcoming with with using the native language. I think it would also have help foreigners such as myself to not be afraid to use that language. Uh, I have, and I know a few people who have passed the national exam language, they got the nationality, but they don't educate themselves further. They don't even use the language. They keep forgetting what they, they learned. So I think at the end, many people will just forget the language. They will continue using English, French, German. And I think there is a risk that because of that, the Luxembourgish language will not establish itself as I guess the government hopes to, to have. Like we said before, only 50% of Luxembourgish residents are by birth and there is this huge uh, number of, of foreigners who are not native uh, Luxembourgers. So do you think maybe there is a risk of uh, the language maybe not being forgotten, but not being such established as other languages, French and German? Also, potentially, these languages influence Luxembourg and are uh, used in Luxembourg because there is such a workforce traveling across the border from France and Germany working here? Well, uh, I think you made many good points. And the first point that really stuck in my mind is that Luxembourgish people should be more forthcoming with uh, speaking Luxembourgish with others. And I think that is fairly true. Um, and as I said previously, personally, I am also guilty of not perhaps speaking more Luxembourgish with non-Luxembourgish speakers. And even in our brief conversations and discussions that we had or exchanged the written ones, you made a great attempt to write in Luxembourgish and I never replied really a lot in Luxembourgish. And then, and it's not even um, to be mean, it's just, I'm so, I'm just switching my mind completely to a different language at times when I'm writing. So, but I think there's a really good point that you're making overall is that, and I, I see this a lot in my work environment. I work with very international colleagues and most languages that we speak are either French, German, or all the usual ones that we've mentioned earlier. And often um, a person or Luxem or myself personally, I do not take enough time or have the patience sometimes to really speak with somebody else in, in Luxembourgish. And I think that's really an issue. Of course, I cannot say if this is applicable to everybody but I think that that's a really important point that you made. And I think there should be more of a campaign, perhaps even uh, by the government, to perhaps uh, encourage more exchanges with others in, in uh, Luxembourgish. But I, I must admit that it really depends on the environment when you are, um, when you said uh, earlier that perhaps the Luxembourgish language is not as enforced as much. I like to believe that in the recent years, I noticed that it's enforced far more in the terms of there are more courses available. A lot of even festivals or events, they have Luxembourgish names. I think there is, there's really a, an effort put into uh, keeping sort of a tradition with the language and enforcing it in, in cultural events uh, or in, in, in different applications or at work or with all the slogans that we have during campaigns or political campaigns as well. But on, on the other hand, uh, I, I know I'm, I'm switching, uh, the, the coin right now. Um, but from, from a foreigner's perspective, now I'm going to share what I think about that is, for example, when I receive sometimes unofficial the communication from the government, 
some kind of announcement. Quite often it is in four languages, the Luxembourgish, French, German, sorry, five languages, Luxembourgish, French, German, Portuguese, mm -hmm. and English. And because there is this communication in the language that I'm familiar in English, I also feel included. I feel more like being at home and I want to also, for example, contribute to my, with my life here by, for example, going and vote in municipal elections. So I think there are two coins of that, uh, like we discussed. There is this one that really there, there is a need to somehow maybe not enforce because enforce is, is a wrong word. Maybe what the word is I'm looking for. Um, encourage. And thank you. Encourage the people to, to learn the language, learn the culture, cultivate it in one way or the other, but also mix it with your own culture because it's, you know, you, you need always, you have this blend. But on the other hand, also there is a need to f make the people feel included. And I think it's a very thin line and very difficult uh, to achieve. I'm not an expert, obviously, and I cannot express uh, or, or to, to give advice how it should be done. I think from my perspective as a foreigner, Luxembourg is doing pretty good in that case. But yeah, I, I, I miss this, you know, especially I want to learn the language mm -hmm. and... Uh, yeah, having having a, going for a for a class like twice a week, that's not enough. My wife, for example, she she's doing much better than I do because she started reading the RTL news in Luxembourgish already, and she understands because of that much much more. I'm a bit more lazy, so I go on the English version that today dot RTL dot LU, but it's you know so I'm. I guess it's also personal, right? It's it's uh, it's not. We cannot say always oh, the government's fault. It's also maybe my fault, our fault, that we still kind of stuck with the language that we are more comfortable with, and we don't try to go a bit further outside our comfort zone. I think um, in in that regard, you made another good observation that it depends on the person um, itself who is in the situation they're living here, and perhaps. It's still at the end, you make the best out of your situation and the way that you want to interact with your environment. In, in the end, my, my point is that, um, it really depends on the person itself to make the best out of it. And unfortunately, I, I have acquaintances of mine, which whom I've really discussed this topic. They are in, in, in a situation where they have a, for instance, um, a family that's only French speaking. And they, they speak French all the time at home. When they go out in the, in the city, they usually use French because uh, it's very uh, common. Uh, at work, they use French. Uh, and even though they live in Luxembourg, they don't get the opportunity perhaps so much to speak Luxembourgish in, in their environment. And it is really tough to do the first step in order to go out of yourself and speak with others in Luxembourgish and even at my work where Luxembourgish is still uh, used quite a lot. I have a lot of colleagues, they, they lament the fact that they never get the opportunity, especially uh, the ones commuting from the borders from other countries. They never have that many opportunities to exchange themselves in Luxembourgish with others. So that's really a point that should be uh, addressed. 
but it's really uh, dependent on the person itself. You know, I completely understand uh, these people's position and, and, you know, I can imagine their feelings. Do you think there will be a rise of far-right nationalism because of that? I know it's a difficult question, but this just came to my mind because sometimes, you know, when people feel they cannot, uh, they, they feel that they don't feel like at home in their own country. Sometimes it creates this negative spring of nationalism. And I just wonder if that could be the case for Luxembourg, you know, if maybe you observed something, maybe you heard something. That is definitely true. I think uh, we all talk now uh, about the idea of different nationalities working, living together, coexisting. Unfortunately, this is a very strong ideolo uh, ideology that I like, but it's not always necessarily uh, applicable in, in, in an environment. And hence, I unfortunately do know a lot of acquaintances of mine who do uh, have very negative sentiments about all the different nationalities being so relevant especially in the city um, they are upset that they cannot go out and speak luxembourgish uh, or they they feel they they need to to change who they are or they feel a loss of identity in in the country or with perhaps the the place that they used to to live as we know uh, luxembourg did experience a lot of growth recently and even small towns who are very luxembourgish they get a big influx of various new people that live there including foreigners and sometimes there's a change to it and of course as this is an issue in a lot of countries not only in luxembourg i think there is a, always a sense of anxiety when there are big changes or new influences changing the way that you used to live now personally i do like to believe that i am open-minded and i see this as, as an opportunity but i do unfortunately know some individuals who are very upset even at their workplace they feel they they disconnect completely with this idea of of coexisting working together as different nationalities this idea of europe does not necessarily exist for them and unfortunately i think this is also common when we look at politics throughout europe in the recent years there has been a rise in this kind of sentiment and i think luxembourg is also um, does have such ha has a, a significant amount of people who think in the same way and previously a point that i wanted to add is also that we talk now me personally i was living in the city and i think a luxembourg city is a very diverse uh, and cultural and, and unique place because uh usually when you visit the countryside or even as i mentioned uh, growing up in reisdorf or when you go into north into Weisswampersch or Volz or uh, all all these other towns they are very still very very Luxembourgish and I feel the Luxembourgish sort of nationality and sentiment is far more relevant there but uh, often when we have these discussions it's always coming from a point of the capital which is very unique and diverse in a lot of ways but one only has to go uh, up with a car up north or um different parts of the countries and they will see and notice that Luxembourg is still very much a language that is used a lot. I will maybe start with the question, but before I will give you the opportunity to answer, I will explain you my point of view. So maybe it will be a bit easier for you to understand what I mean with this question. The question is, where 
in this context of you know international people, international environment, and Luxembourg. The question is, where would you draw the line? So where where you said no, stop, that's enough. Now let me explain what I mean. I, as a foreigner, like I mentioned before, I feel Luxembourg to be my home already. I, as a as a foreigner, an international person, obviously, I you know I I like this international aspect. Obviously, I don't mind of having you know a mixture of Luxembourgish nationals and people from all around Europe and and the world. But I notice a rise in crime in Luxembourg, and I don't know. And I cannot say what is the reason for it. From the news that we see sometimes, my assumption is most of the crimes that happen are not done by the Luxembourgish people, are done by foreigners. This might be biased, just taking this is my personal opinion. And this is where I draw the line. Like, if you come to a country, is it my country or someone else's country, you have to be respectful of the way that people live there, about, you know, uh, police, the judicial system, whatnot. And for me, this is the line. Like, okay, if you start to make other people uncomfortable, if you attack them, if you uh, rob them, this is it. This is not a place for you. This is where I draw the line. Also, I mean, you could draw the line in many places. Like, okay, if you, for example, abuse the, the social system, I also don't feel right with that. Is there a line that you draw? You're definitely right. I think uh, individuals that come to Luxembourg should not come with the intention of committing crime, as that is definitely a line that has to be uh, drawn. Now, uh, with the rise of criminality that you've mentioned earlier, I'm not necessarily myself an expert, but um, I can see myself. I have several theories about it, but um, one could simply say that it is natural for a country such as Luxembourg, who has grown steadily and has increased its population immensely over the last years, that, of course, problems do become uh, more relevant that perhaps were previously less significant. And with big growth, there has to be also an infrastructure as well to support that growth, uh, be it yeah, supporting the populace uh, with different services, but also in terms of penalties for crime. I think uh, perhaps Luxembourg needs to adjust the system uh, for the, the growth as well. One could al also argue that perhaps we're being more aware of this because medias have become more relevant and um, everybody likes to read news and especially negative uh, news do um, are read far more often because they incite far more of a, a, a reaction from the populace. So it's easier to, to point the finger at something and just to easily make a conclusion that, oh, crime has become uh, so much uh, worse over the years, but perhaps they were there all the time and we didn't know it. But it is, I think that would also not be the truth. As with many cases, the situation is never black or white. It's always uh, different shades of gray, and there are probably multiple elements that cause this sort of increase of crime that you've mentioned, where you, you draw the line. So personally, for me, drawing the line is really, I think everybody should come to this country with good intentions, get themselves involved locally, work here, raise a family, identify themselves with the place that they're living, and everybody, uh, every individual who comes here 
with an ulterior motive that is negative or with crime in mind should not be a part of this community, which is, I think, natural to think, obviously, perhaps my explanation is not really that amazing, but I think that's really the first point where a line has been, needs to be drawn in that regard. I think you, you made a very good point about the, the news outlets, and indeed, it might be the case that the crime has been there for years, but it was not brought to everyone's attention by the news. And now, indeed, and I agree, news are or news outlets are seeking this, uh, you know, negative information because this is what people want to click on. This is how they make money. Uh, this is what people want to, let's say, read. But we quite often forget about the the good news that happen on a daily basis. So you mentioned that you are in contact or you know a lot of uh, international people, you work with them um, on a daily basis. Is, is there any particular aspect that you, because you mentioned before that you enjoy you know, this international uh, environment of Luxembourg, what, what particular uh, aspects when you interact with, with other people from you know, other countries do you really enjoy and, and like and what makes you feel so special and um, uh, well what makes you feel special about it in Luxembourg in that regard what I do enjoy mostly is when I meet a new person be it in the city when I go out in the evening or even I used to go a lot to the library I I sometimes approach other people uh, in a normal discussion and um, then we exchange and things that I particularly like is when somebody else can tell me about their home country, where they're from. Tell me a bit about, I say culture, which is pretty vague term, but uh, perhaps tell me about the food that they like. Uh, or and, and I think there's an exchange there that uh, I'm, I'm just a very curious person and I, I want to know more about others, where they come from. What's the background? How did they end up here? What, what compels them to stay here or work here and just not simply because the salary is good and there are good social services here. But I want to know more the, the personal experience that they've had. And I found myself often that I, when going out evenings, that I came into touch with all sorts of different types of people that I've uh, met simply working in the financial sectors. Other were musicians or other uh, came with their family. It's very diverse. Uh, and what I like mostly is hear what their experience is. And then usually, as we've talked extensively now, is the, the language sort of barrier that is usually uh, there is not as big of a factor because in Luxembourg, we personally, we do have the, the ability to switch to different language. So there's always a way to communicate. And really what makes me feel so special, makes me feel so special as a Luxembourg person is just to be able to switch to different language and immediately get to know a person perhaps. And I think... Usually what I say is that foreigners or when you exchange with somebody from a different country, the things that everybody likes is food, music, or when you speak in their language. So there's an immediate sort of connection. It doesn't happen all the time. I'm speaking here from, I'm just personally thinking of the positive experiences. But over the years, simple acquaintances that I've met have become friends. Uh, we've meet uh, each other up a lot of times just for different hobbies and yeah, and that's that's something I find so fascinating. As we said earlier, I've mentioned that perhaps Luxembourgish people tend to be in their own bubble. Of course, this is not always true. 
But um, from my personal experience, when I grew up, I had sometimes difficulties uh, identifying myself with other Luxembourgish people. I was always drawn to having uh, other other languages or people that just not from here to bring me a new perspective of way of life or even an I would say that I've learned quite a bit about just general knowledge about um, the world or different countries because people are passionate, of course, about their home and they tell you these things. And I'm glad that I can just soak it all up and think that it allows me to be more open-minded and give me different perspectives on different things, topics. And even um, I think in Luxembourg, we're very privileged in a lot of ways. We have good social systems that support uh, families and sometimes it's quite uh, stunning to hear what sort of journeys uh, some people had just coming to Luxembourg or the sort of journey they passed that was arduous and hard. And I just want to, to know more about it and, and perhaps put myself in the same shoes and think, am I really able, would I be able to do that as well? So um, that's really the, the thing that, that draws me so much to it. You mentioned that music is a common denominator that you found many people are interested in and they, you know, they, they shared with you when you met them. Let me ask you probably the most difficult question during our conversation. Have you watched the Eurovision finals last night? Yes. Wow. I did not expect <laughs> you saying yes. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I think, um, the Eurovision, uh, song contest is, quite an interesting institution i i really enjoy it you I took personally. me by surprise you took me by surprise and i'm so glad i asked this question no, <laughs> I, sorry please continue no i i i do watch it so um i'm not sure if you have any specific questions about that in that regard no well uh, right now i have so many questions i'm not sure if we have time but no i'm, I'm super happy that with that answer thank you when did you start watching eurovision and what was what was the main reason well, I was always a bit oblivious to it, but over the re uh, years, I realized that it is quite a big deal for many countries. And I think what I enjoy about it is just a sheer spectacle. And I, I like to say that it's a, a huge fever dream of various of colors, music, showmanship, entertainment, and it is quite, it's, it's so peculiar to me. And I, I think it's very interesting to just discuss it with others as well, considering that it is a competition and a lot of European or non-European countries are participating in it. And everybody wants to compare or see what each nation has to offer or brings. And of course, we all know that the contest itself has quite a lot of quirky characters and rather uh, weird showmanship at times but I, I think there is a sort of morbid curiosity watching it and I, I think it's a show that is quite impressive even how it's done managed I I'm not sure how such an endeavor is being done by so many people involved and the showmanship on on screen or when you're live there on show is is quite impressive I'm it for me it's I, I cannot think the logistics behind everything it's it's just it's it's sometimes it feels absurd in that regard, but I enjoy it for for that especially. I, I find it also very culturally rich. You listen to the music or you see the performance, and and you see that oh yeah, it makes sense. It's from Finland. It has this weird music with weird performance, or 
you see someone from France, you know, really like last night we had a really nice performance. Like it started with a, you know, I think more of a orchestral uh, singing and then it switched to the pop like music. And that was a nice twist. So you, you quite often watch or see the performance and you can really relate to the persons uh, or the, the countries that the person represents, the, their history and their, the culture. Are you surprised with the, with Sweden winning last night? Personally, I, I, I wished, I think Sweden already won and that particularly artist already won as well. Yes, in I 2012, wish... I found it this morning. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not really good with the numbers, uh, when it got, uh, in regards to certain dates, as I'm not an expert, I, I watch the show, but I, I don't keep track of everything, but I wished perhaps another artist would have won. I think uh, the other uh, Finland was really strong as well. Cha cha cha. Yes, uh, it's the, uh, probably when I said earlier that the show is sometimes utterly weird and a fever dream. I was thinking of Finland. Personally, for me, I really like Belgium. That's the sort of uh, country that I wish would have been higher in their ranking. I really like Belgium personally. Um, I thought that was pretty good. But um, overall, many different artists and fairly unique as always. And I like how. Usually, the as you mentioned, the traditional sort of music is being strung together with more pop aesthetic. And I think it, it creates pretty unique blends, which are sometimes great, sometimes not so much. But I think uh, that one uh, song from last year where Ukraine won, that was really good. And I think it's a banger. <laughs> And I really enjoyed uh, last night because I also watched it. And I really enjoyed uh, the way that the UK or England organized it. It was not too long. In a sense, there were, there were no, there were not too many breaks between the performances. It was, let's say, straight to the point, the way I like it. <laughs> and uh, it was, I think it was really well organized. And we learned officially yesterday during the Eurovision and I heard I think already that a day before mm -hmm. that was mentioned before yes that Luxembourg decided to run again in Eurovision starting next year I think uh, Luxembourg stopped uh, running in uh, nine or let's say participating in Eurovision 92 or, or it 93 was 92 or 93 And it is quite peculiar because before that, Luxembourg actually won quite a few times. I think five times. Yes. yes. But we haven't participated as a country uh, for such a long time. And honestly, I'm very excited to see what will happen next year. And I think musically speaking, I'm not sure how it was in the 90s or 80s or I mean, before uh, we participated, but the musical landscape did switch quite a bit in Luxembourg. And I think we have many good groups and artists who would be really representative to add something and contribute to the entire contest. And I'm excited to see where, where we're too. going with that. Me too. Do you have any idea why Luxembourg uh, was not participating between now and 92 or 93? I have no idea and I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, I was wondering. I was actually surprised. I thought maybe, you know, they, uh, they didn't, uh, I never watched Uh, the semifinals or whatever mm -hmm. there was before finals. Uh, so I thought, okay, maybe they were participating, but they didn't go through to the finals. Like some countries, they don't. Um, and I was really surprised to learn that it was the cautious decision not to, not to participate. And I was just wondering myself, what could be the reason? Especially, you know, there's, like I mentioned, there are so many different performance and artists here in, in Luxembourg. 
from hip hop to to opera singers. So yeah, really look forward to mm-hmm. that Me was too. <laughs> that was a really interesting topic switch between uh, languages and Eurovision, and we talked about it. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Before we continue. You you mentioned about the before just the, this Eurovision topic switch. You mentioned uh, the bubble that you were always going outside of your own bubble and and talking with uh, with uh, people from outside of Luxembourg and enjoying learning about their culture and their their home countries. Do you think that other Luxembourgers are doing the opposite that they are staying in the bubble? And do you think the the foreigners living in Luxembourg are also staying in their foreigners bubble i think this is um very much tied to the personality of a person now uh, personally i do have a friend and i am always amazed how he managed to have always new acquaintances and friends that are very international he does music as well and studied abroad and uh, somehow each time when i visit him there is somebody new that he knows with such and i'm not even talking about now um somebody from france or belgium but very exotic countries as well and i am always delighted to see that because this reinforces my idea or my vision that this should be far more common on the other hand i do know others who are and i think this is not really necessarily a negative judgment i think everybody in their life gets to a point where they want to pursue their own goals and not everybody is interested in cultural exchanges with others they just want to do their work have a family and, and grow up and perhaps they are in sort of a, a social circle that doesn't necessarily encourage the sort of more cultural exchange with, among uh, with other nationalities so and i think it's also really dependent on where you grow up and where you live as i've mentioned earlier i had the privilege to uh, live in the capital for a few years and it completely changed the way that my social interactions work and Personally, I'm not a particular person who is always stuck with the same sort of established circle of friends. I try always to to have sort of different circles. And uh, so I, I don't think that it's it, it would be fair to say, okay, every Luxembourgish, uh, there are just Luxembourgers who don't want to, to mess with anybody else. They just want to stick with their own, uh, just speak Luxembourgish and don't want to to engage with it at all. So um, just seeing it as black or white is uh, probably too reductive of a take to say. Um, I think it's very much personally tied to who you are, wh- how do you want to uh, sort of develop your social circles. And some individual have perhaps more opportunities and some have less. So uh, it's a difficult question to answer and I wouldn't really know a strict answer to that. And uh, as a person who speaks so many languages, have you thought, considered, or are you planning to move outside of uh, Luxembourg? Because also my question is connected with the fact that you really like and or you enjoy meeting people from from other countries and cultures. So have you have you considered moving outside of Luxembourg, or you enjoy the Luxembourgish multicultural place? As always, I am not really good in planning ahead in the future. I am sort of just living into the day, more or less. But um, I, I don't think I, I f- don't feel necessarily inclined to move away from Luxembourg, considering that I do work for the government as well, which ties me a bit to this country. And for me personally, it's important to identify with the place that I live and spend most of my time. 
Or so, um, for me, I, I don't think I will move out uh, necessarily to another country. And as it currently stands, I think that all the interactions that I have or the acquaintances of friends that are, I would say, foreigners or non-Luxembourgish native people, I do enjoy them a lot. So I always, I still feel that I have a sort of multinational environment instead of just being stuck in the same sort of town with all the same people all my life. So I, I still feel there are enough of uh, options for me to kind of uh, explore these cultural differences with others. And as you've mentioned very early in the podcast here as well, is that we uh, we can take a, a car or we can move really easily towards uh, other countries as well. We have the luxury of being really central point of Europe. So I think it's very easy even to travel abroad. And I think that really uh, satisfies me for the moment to take Luxembourg as sort of a hub for exploration and move to other countries visiting them. But moving out, I don't see myself doing it now. Chris, thank you very much. Vilmos merci for your time, uh, for sitting down with me and uh, sharing your point of view of being a native, born and raised Luxembourger, living in, in your country with so many foreigners who are either living here or coming and commuting and you know stuck in the traffic jams on a daily basis in this small but really beautiful, and this is my personal opinion, <laughs> a really beautiful uh, country that I've been personally enjoying for the past uh, seven years and I have no plans so far of uh, moving away. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for uh, letting me uh, divulge my opinions here and also congratulations on the 10 episodes. Thank you. Thank you so much. On the occasion of this very special episode, I would like to take the opportunity to thank all of the guests I had so far on the show and to you, dear listeners. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible and you play a very important role in our chronicles. Besides Chris, in this episode number 10, we had the following guests. Clara, Dirk, Hans... Mireille, Joao, Dan, and Peter, and we have many more lined up for you. Thank you for being a part of our adventure. The music in this episode is thanks to Poddington Bear. In the show notes, you can find links to websites we talked about in this episode. As always, thanks for listening and have a great day.